0: A word of warning, this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes some strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast covering high profile and under the radar cases from across the country every week. I am your host, Anna Garcia. We are recording this on Wednesday, September 8th. 2021. Our guest today is Danny Smith. Danny Smith for 21 years was a deputy with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. He currently works as a private investigator and consultant, but really his biggest job of all, the one he is so proud of is he is a prolific writer of detective novels and the series is called the Dickie Floyd detective series. And Danny has a new book out this week. We're very excited.
1: Thank you, Ann. I I always appreciate being on your show.
0: Oh, we're happy to have you. We're going to talk about your new book, which we can all see over your shoulder there, Nothing Left to Prove, which is actually a a memoir. It's it's really about what happened to you on the force. Correct. It's my first uh, nonfiction book. Excellent, we're gonna talk about that a little later in the program, but this week we have some amazing stories. These are stories that you all have been following and so have we. The updates are absolutely insane because there's no other word for it. Let's get right to it. A Florida teenager accused of stabbing to death, his 13-year-old friend, Tristan Bailey, makes a bizarre court appearance and investigators release new video evidence. But as astonishing as all of that is, this is our first case, new and unbelievable developments in this insane case out of South Carolina involving the murders of a mother and son who are part of a rich and prominent family called the Murdows. Now, over this holiday weekend, the Labor Day weekend, the patriarch of that family, I think the best way to describe it is to say he came undone, unraveled Danny. I, I don't know how else to describe his actions yeah unhinged yes unhinged absolutely i mean spiraling and makes you now wonder what in any of his actions what can we read into it about the double homicide three months ago what do you think danny
1: you know it's it's kind of a crazy case and um Uh, You know, there's not a a lot of information coming out of law enforcement, the actual investigation. So it's hard to say what they're focused on. But, uh, you know, from an outside perspective, without having
2: uh,
1: all the evidence and, and information that they have, it sure seems that that there's an awful lot of death in that family for it to be a coincidence. And there seems to be a lot of power and influence from that family and it makes you wonder uh, what exactly is taking place uh, with the investigation and with the prosecutions
0: absolutely so we have the mother and the son who were killed in june then we have a series of mysterious deaths that happened in or near the family which are now being investigated all over again, because the problem with this family is that for at least eight decades, the Murdos have been the prosecutors in the county, either the top prosecutor or a prosecutor in that department. And in addition to that, for generations equaling that, they have been in charge of the top law firm there. So it's almost as if they have law enforcement in a vice script from prosecution to defense.
1: Right. Right. And uh, then and then there's the uh shooting incident, the uh the grazing of the head that sounds awfully suspicious to me. I, I when I first read that part of it, I thought, mm, no, now. No, that's no. that's not right.
0: No, it's not. Okay, so what Danny is referring to is that Alex Murdoch, this is the father, the patriarch of this family, his wife and son have been murdered. All right, and he's the one who found them on the family estate three months ago. He's the one who called 911, okay? On Saturday of this Labor Day weekend, just a few days ago, he said that someone shot him in the head while he was changing a tire on the side of the road. Authorities describe his wound as superficial. Superficial. Superficial, okay? He had to be airlifted and apparently was conscious and was not in the hospital for very long. But wait, as soon as news breaks of his attempted shooting... I don't know how else to describe it. The man was shot. The question is, who shot him? Did he shoot himself? Did someone shoot him? Literally, the day after all of this happens, Alex Murdoch then releases a statement saying that he's checking himself into rehab. But wait, on the same day that he says he is checking himself into rehab, okay? It is... There's a giant article that is so damaging in the New York Times saying that he has been removed from the very law firm that his great granddaddy founded for alleged misappropriation of funds. The New York Times says it could be in the millions of dollars. I'm reading into this embezzlement. No one used that word, but Danny, what do you think? Yeah, you know,
1: there's so much going on. It's 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 almost um, it's it's a little bit crazy, and and I hope that that the state officials and perhaps even federal officials have stepped into this by now, because um, you know, clearly, as you set you set forth uh, earlier, the the county there, it's uh, it's it's like the family investigating the family, and it's just not going to uh, it's not going to meet out any truth so um yeah it's a very strange thing i i you wonder okay are they that unlucky that that many people are injured and killed and there's more that you haven't even spoken about yet but there's just so many things with this family and and it's it's too much so unless you'd have to say unless that they unless they were crossed with the mafia or uh, some drug cartel it's just not possible it's more likely that this is a lot of internal things going on and uh, for me, I would look closest closest to home for the suspects and follow the uh, money trail.
0: And we want to make absolutely clear that Alex Murdaw, the one who says that he was shot mm-hmm. in the head, the one who has been removed from his law firm, the one who is being accused of stealing money, the one whose wife and son he found dead and he called 911. We want to make clear he has not been named a suspect in the double murders, okay? We just wanna be absolutely clear about this. And here's the other thing, when the murders happen, and we're gonna go back and we're gonna do this chronologically to start looking at the red flags because they start popping up and with context now. Remember at the time, he said he had an alibi. Alex Murdoch said that he was at the hospital with his father, who also used to be a prosecutor, his father was ailing. He said he came home and he found his wife and his son dead. And then he calls 911. Now, here's, the, now, here's more horrible, mysterious death. Literally, like days after the murder, the poor father, the grandfather, who was sick in the hospital, he dies, okay? So in one week, you have the grandfather dying and you have, you know, the, the, the mother and the son murdered. That's a lot in one week. And we haven't even gotten to the other, you know, mysterious deaths. So I want to look at the details of these murders. And I want to look at the details of what was going on with Alex. Um, because the, 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 it's, I don't even know where to begin, everybody. So let's go to the murders. June 7th, a 911 call comes in at around 10 p.m. This is from Islandton, South Carolina. It's Alex Murdoch. Alex is 53 years old, and he calls and he says he has just found his wife, Maggie, who's 52 years old, and their son, 22-year-old Paul, dead on their 1,700-acre property. These people are rich. They're rich. One of the victims was killed with a shotgun, the other with an assault rifle, but the family dog was unhurt. And we're gonna play the 911 tape for you, and you can hear the dog barking in the background you know i always have a theory if only the dogs could talk they could always tell us oh my goodness they could tell us everything so this 911 call is about six minutes long we're going to play a clip of it for you so you can just get a sense of what he's saying what his demeanor is let's play the clip did you see anyone okay is he breathing at all no no is she okay do you see anything do you see anyone in the area
1: no, ma'am. No, oh, ma'am.
0: What color is your house on the outside? What color is your house on the outside? Uh, it's white. You can't see it from the road. Okay. Is it a house or a mobile home? It's a house. Okay. And what is your name? My name is Alex
2: Murdoch. Okay. Did you hear
0: anything or did you come home and find that? No, ma'am. I've been gone. I- I just
2: came back. Okay, and was anyone else supposed to be at your house?
1: No, (laughs) ma'am.
0: Please hurry. We're getting somebody out there to you. Okay, Danny, here's the thing. He describes the situation as real bad. Are those words that you would use if you just found your wife and son shot to death, real bad, then he says they're not breathing, but he never, I don't hear on the 911 call. Now, remember, it is redacted, so police could have removed this part of it, but I never hear him say anything, oh, my God, they've been shot. There's blood everywhere. There's none of that. There's no discussion of that. Um, and this is how he refers to when the dispatcher is asking him questions about, you know, was he there or anything like that. He says, quote, I've been gone. It's an interesting way of putting where you were. And then he tells the dispatcher that he wants to hang up with the 911 operator because he wants to call the family. And he's whimpering throughout this whole thing. So Danny, I realize none of us knows how we will react in an emergency like this. So I, I do want to have some level of compassion here. But what, what do you find suspicious here? Sure. Um,
1: and, and you're right, and I mean... People can react in different ways, but some commonalities in these things are hysteria and um, and you don't you don't really get a sense of that. And um, uh, so there's there's one thing about the case, a couple of things about it that that strike me from the beginning. And and like you mentioned, it's on a seventeen hundred acre property these are not high risk victims they're not likely victims so you have to you have to find out what the motive is why were they murdered uh the fact that that they were shot by two different weapons does give me pause significant pause you know there's um you know we always look at the people closest to the victims you know the the family members the loved ones you know the scorn loved ones and and we look at at the last to see them alive, the first to find them dead. Uh, all of those things are, are, you know, the people that that fall into those categories are people we look at very closely in a homicide investigation. And having said that, you know, there's no doubt that that the husband would be a person that you would at least want to eliminate as a suspect. You're going to consider him someone that has to be eliminated. You have to you have to make sure he did not do it. And um, uh you know without all the evidence i don't know what steps they've they've taken to that end but um he would be someone i'd look at very closely and i'm just a little bit um like i said the fact that there are two different weapons used uh really gives me a little bit of pause about his involvement
0: in which direction <clears throat> like are you more suspicious cuz there are two weapons or are you less suspicious
1: No, I'm actually less suspicious um, and I shouldn't say less suspicious, but without that, and this is just based on the the information that I have, you know, so, you know, we're going without, you know, all the whole picture, but, but just on the information I have, if it weren't for the fact that there were two weapons used, I, I would have the father very high on the list of suspects, especially, you know, because of the things that have happened since then. But um, the two weapons puzzles me a little bit, you know, so were there two different shooters? Why would one person use two different weapons? And, um, you know, there's there's not really a reason to switch weapons if you're going to kill one person and then the other immediately, if that's how it happened.
0: So. You have the mother, the son, the father. We don't have any idea and no reason to suspect that the father was there or involved. But you have three. Let's say the father was there. Then you have three people, two weapons. I mean, there's any number of configurations that police could be looking at. And of course, they, you know, is it possible that within the mother son relationship, maybe one of them shot the other? and then someone else came in and shot the other one? I mean, we don't really know, but I now I understand what you're saying about the two weapons has you very um, concerned about, was there just one shooter? Got it, now I understand. So uh, let's talk about what the coroner's office has released. It's not a ton of information, but the coroner's office says that Paul and Maggie both died of multiple gunshot wounds about an hour before they were found that hour is i think so crucial remember the father's alibi is he was at the hospital so just putting that out there as a little flag now the island packet newspaper reports that paul murdaugh who's 22 was a student at the university of south carolina that he was shot in the head and the upper body with the shotgun but his mother maggie was killed with what appeared to be an assault rifle Sources familiar with the investigation said that casings were also recovered from the scene and their bodies were found separated from one another, different rooms.
1: Yeah, I I didn't know what that meant when I read that, that that they were separated from one another. I mean, they might have been separated when they were each killed. So without, you know, being privileged to the, the scene investigation, you know, blood patterns um, you know, the the evidence inside the, the house is going to tell you who was killed where and if anybody was moved after the murders. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we just don't know. But all of that would would make it that much more interesting as far as trying to decipher, you know, who our suspect might be.
0: Well, um, since this is a community in which the Murdos pretty much have a hand in everything, the prosecutor on this case originally assigned to this double homicide has had to rec- recuse himself so my concern all along has been unless there is truly an outside agency taking the lead in this investigation i'm going to have to think that almost everything is potentially corrupted here and yeah, it could
1: it could be and that's why i mentioned earlier that, that it would be uh, refreshing to know that either the the state agency or even the uh, federal agency has gotten involved in this, but I don't know if they have.
0: The state has been involved. Um, I don't know about federal authorities, although if if there are new charges, for example, of alleged um, misappropriation of law firm funds, depending on how that happened and the jurisdictions in which it happened, that could bring the feds in. That could be more of a federal case than a local case. And the... Um, the law firm did release a statement just saying that they have turned over evidence to the appropriate authorities so you know that there's an investigation that 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 the calls already been made and that the files are being turned over now when the mother and the son were first found murdered the town gossip was pretty clear the town gossip was like oh everyone's whispering this is this is retribution for how the family has acted, and retribution specifically for some mysterious deaths, and then specifically the death of a young woman involved in a boating accident in which the younger Murdoch, Paul, who was murdered, was driving the boat, and whether he got you know, special treatment and lower charges as a result of his family's connection. So at the time of his murder, Paul was facing felony charges for a February 2019 crash that killed 19-year-old Mallory Beach. Paul had allegedly been drinking, was behind the wheel of the boat with five passengers, and that he crashed into a bridge piling at about 2 a.m. according to records, but Mallory was thrown from the boat and her body was not found for another week. People who were on the boat describe Paul as just um, not only being drunk, these are his descriptions, their descriptions, but they said that he was also nasty. He was arguing with his own girlfriend and spitting in her face. And it's just like, oh. So when the, to- so when the town started saying, ooh, this is retribution, um, there are reports. That everyone who was on that boat voluntarily gave up their DNA to investigators of the double homicide because they wanted to be clear they had nothing to do with the homicide. It's like here, take my DNA because I don't even want to be in 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 your outer circle of possibilities. Which don't you find that interesting?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's appropriate um, because you know clearly there's that that circle of of suspects in the in the murder of the the wife and son it's going to include you know f- those individuals on the boat the family and and friends close friends of those people on the boat um but you know i mean it it seems a little bit unlikely especially since he was charged in that case hadn't been adjudicated yet to my knowledge so um I don't know. That's that's kind of a stretch to think that that someone from the boat or or one of their loved ones would would go there and, and murder the son and perhaps you know not expecting mom to be there had to kill her too. It's plausible. I'd look into it as an investigator. Absolutely, you have to as an investigator you have to look at every possibility. And like I mentioned, even with the dad, you you want to eliminate those those individuals as suspects, cross them off the list, and and that's why if there is DNA evidence in this case. Uh, it's very appropriate and and also a good thing that that these individuals are willingly uh, providing their DNA samples.
0: So two months after the boating accident in April of 2019, Paul, who was 20 at the time, was arrested and later indicted on one count of boating under the influence, causing death, and then two counts of creating great bodily injury so his case had not even gone to trial yet he had um said that he was not guilty and then after he was murdered local prosecutors dropped the case because the primary um defendant is now dead which of course in no way leads anyone any closer to having any form of justice for mallory who's dead and it certainly does nothing to comfort her family. Now, Mallory's mother is suing the Murdoch family for wrongful death. And that's not changing no matter, you know, who's claiming what and, and what condition they're in. So sure. that is that is still going forward. So that's not the only death connected to the Murdoch family. Um, I'm just going to, you know... There was a housekeeper who died on the premises, and there was a payout, but no one knows anything about how she died, where she died, or anything like that. That was kind of settled all hush-hush. So there was that case. And then there is the case of the mysterious death of a gay teenager in 2015. This young man, Stephen Smith, was found in the middle of Hampton Road with his head bashed in. Investigators reported that he was the victim of a hit and run accident, despite the fact that police records show no evidence of that happening. The Their claim was, oh, his car broke down and he started walking and then he got hit. And that's how he was killed. And that's as far as that investigation ever went. Well, Stephen Smith's mother has never found that very satisfying either. And she's been also looking for justice in this case. Now, here's what gets very weird. WCBD-TV reports that case notes detail that within a month of Stephen Smith's death, investigators started to receive tips. These tips alleged that Paul, the one who was killed with his mother, and his brother, Buster Murdaugh may know something the police should look at these two maybe they know something about what happened this is these are the tips the police started getting but where did that go as far as we know it went nowhere and now because of the double murder of the mother and son state investigators have opened up stephen smith's case maybe there'll be some justice now for stephen smith but but don't you find that weird? I do, Anna. And it's I think it's interesting when you
1: when you have a show like yours. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you end up with a lot of people from the community who know this family, who start uh, offering opinions and comments, uh, um, posting them on on the site here. Because uh, you know we don't know the family; we just know what we're reading, and and we're. We're getting a pretty good feel that, that there's some serious problems with this family. But um I, I would say that, that I mean it's it's almost a little bit uh like like there's a um
0: Oh it's worse than a dark cloud. I mean it's worse than that. Yeah. It's worse yeah. than that. And Danny, here's the other thing and as I was going through all the notes last night, this This to me just like stood out like a giant red flag. Okay, remember the father, Alex, had a meltdown this last weekend over Labor Day, right? He says that he was changing a tire on a road. What road do you think this happened on? The same road Stephen Smith was killed. Alex Murdoch, he called 911 himself on Saturday, Saturday, September 4th. 1.30 in the afternoon, he said he was changing a flat tire on his vehicle when someone in a passing car shot at him. He said the vehicle passed him as he was changing the tire, then turned around and someone in the car shot him, according to WJCL's reporting. Associated Press again says the bullet just grazed him. He was treated for that superficial gunshot. Okay, same road almost the same unbelievable story of events on this <clears throat> same road do you see like someone's pulled something out of the same playbook
1: yeah and you know i mean it's it's so rare that that somebody receives a grazing wound that that you know barely even gives you a headache you know what i mean and that's from what the description i read that's what we're talking about superficial means you know barely a graze and um uh, you know, of course, I, I, I hope that there was an investigation because it's pretty easy to, to determine whether or not uh, the gunshot was at close range or not. And that, that right there would would probably um, provide a lot of answers to this case. But, but, yeah, there's it's just too too mysterious too it's, it's there's there's too many coincidences for it to uh, to just be coincidental.
0: Do you think that. There is the possibility that Alex Murdaugh's bullet to the head was either an attempted suicide or a diversionary tactic.
1: You know, it could be either one. Uh, sometimes we call them uh, hesitations. Someone someone will start to commit suicide and change their mind right as they're pulling the trigger. That could have been the case, and I and I did consider that. Um, but I also think that that the diversion part is even more likely. And the reason why is the location. Uh, if he was going to commit suicide, he probably would have done it at home. He probably would have, you know, made himself comfortable. Believe it or not, people like to make themselves comfortable when they're going to commit suicide. And um, not always, but, but oftentimes that's what they do. They find somewhere to sit that, you know, is... is to be relaxing and maybe even bring back thoughts of of whatever to them and but to do it in the middle of a road uh, seems unlikely but it it does seem like the perfect uh, setup because now you can say this is what happened a car came by us changing a flat you know they shot at him you know there's again it's just a very highly unlikely scenario but you know knowing now you know we find out afterwards that that there's all of these criminal investigations and and potential charges pending and then there's still the unsolved murder of his wife and son so it, it could very well have been a diversion
0: well um of course they're all investigating because according to alex Murdaugh. Uh, not only has his wife and his son been murdered, but now he's claiming that there are people trying to kill him. I mean, that's in essence what he's saying: is that there are people right. out there. So, um, if you listen to his version of events, it almost feels like there's someone out to get all of them.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing: I mean, if 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 you if you wanted to to take that step, and, and as an investigator, you would consider it. You would say, okay, so the mother and son were recently murdered uh and perhaps uh he the the father was the actual target well they did a very uh fine job you know definitive job of killing the the son and the mother and they're on a old county road that you is presumptively um no witnesses around and and no traffic so Why would they not have made absolutely certain he was dead if it was in fact uh, a continuation of, of these hits?
0: Well, right now, Alex Murdaugh, who probably holds a lot of answers to a lot of the questions, is in a rehab facility. The Associated Press quotes his attorney, Jim Griffin, as saying this, Alex resigned after being accused of diverting lawyer fees From the firm these allegations prompted him to confront a dependency and he voluntarily checked into an inpatient substance abuse rehab facility after being discharged from the hospital and that would be for the shot to the head so want to make clear alex murdoch has not been charged yet in any way is not considered a suspect in the double murders but this is some suspicious stuff that's going on in this family and neighborhood.
1: Well, and he's, he's also uh, most likely unavailable to, to be interviewed um, being in the rehab. So, you know, he's, he's got himself a little bit of a buffer now with that too.
0: Hmm, isn't that a coincidence? Could be, <laughs> might not be. Okay, before we move on to our next case, here's a quick word from our sponsor. If you haven't heard about Ana Luisa yet, it is time that we change that. Ana Luisa was founded to bring clarity to the jewelry industry. They design pieces that start with recycled materials whenever possible, transparent business practices, and always small batches that are kind to the earth. In fact, I'm actually wearing some of the jewelry. It's called their signet ring, and I love this one because it's got a lot of heft to it. I have to tell you, I do a lot of shopping on Instagram for jewelry, and sometimes you get flimsy stuff, but that's not what you get with Ana Luisa. And in fact, these necklaces, because I can't layer them myself. This is also from Anna Luisa here. Let me turn it around so you could see it. Anna Luisa's beautiful, sustainable jewelry is the perfect gift for yourself or for a friend or for a loved one. Now to get this special deal of 10% off, go to shop.analuisa.com slash true crime daily, and be sure to use your special code, which is true crime daily. That's shop.analuisa.com anna luisa i'm going to spell it for you a n a l u i s a dot com slash true crime daily to treat yourself or someone else to a beautiful piece of jewelry and get 10% off one more time that's shop dot anna luisa a n a l u i s a dot com slash true crime daily and the code is true crime daily Our next case is out of Florida. This is where a teenage boy is accused of stabbing a teenage girl, stabbing her to death in a brutal attack back in May. Now, he recently made a very bizarre video court appearance. This happened last week. Plus, there is new video evidence in the case that's being released. Aiden Fucci appeared confused and is seen muttering to himself on camera during a video link court appearance on Wednesday, September 1st. Fucci is being held in the Duval County Jail that's in Jacksonville Florida he was taken into a holding room at the jail for a pre-trial court hearing last Wednesday and that's when He started acting kind of erratically. He was rocking back and forth in his chair. He looked around in in a way that some have described in a paranoid manner. WJXTV reports, quote, at one point, he can be heard talking about demons saying, please don't let the demons take my soul. The demons are going to take my soul away. Then he asks, what's going on? And why am I here? I just want to talk to my mom and my dad. What's going on? What's going on? Aiden's attorney filed a speedy trial waiver and the case is scheduled to be in court again on October 28th. So, you know, Aiden is being tried as an adult in this case. It is indeed bizarre behavior and no doubt, Danny, I think that his competency will have to be examined now.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they will. And it's not uncommon for people to do this. You know, what I look at is his actions prior to all of a sudden being confused and and all of these other things. And and if you go back, uh, he told uh, a friend or, or classmates that that he wanted to kill someone, that he wanted to take someone out into the woods and, and kill them with a knife. So there's your premeditation. And um, crazy people don't, usually premeditate murder it's more spontaneous um it it just it happens during one of these moments of confusion or rage but but to plan it to do it and then uh my understanding is is once he was arrested that that he was uh, rather jovial in the police car and and um uh, it it doesn't it doesn't fit the same profile of, of what you're seeing now in the courtroom this this display of uh potential insanity
0: though if he suffers from a severe mental illness he could have you know these huge stretches of erratic behavior where he may seem like he's engaged and present and then have the delusions so i mean it is possible that both things are possible right that he could that he could present in both manners is what i'm saying
1: sure it's it's absolutely possible, and I know nothing about his medical history and uh you know I'm no doctor so um absolutely i mean it's it's appropriate to uh, to go through the procedure of of seeing if he's competent to stand trial if he's competent to appreciate the crime he committed or alleged to have committed um, and that's appropriate
0: yeah, and I'm by no means suggesting that. Any of this would absolve him of any uh, responsibility he is charged and he has Mm -hmm. pleaded not guilty, but none of this would absolve him from any responsibility. I just I'm just wondering what's going on with such a young person with such kinds of erratic behavior. And what I don't know is whether what is seen in this um, in this video where he is being present for a court appearance, whether that's real or he's pretending or maybe a combination of it all. We, we really don't know yet, but it definitely is bizarre if nothing else. Now, according to investigators and in court records, investigators said that Aiden had a notebook And in that notebook, he had satanic drawings, and his girlfriend told investigators that he would hear voices in his head that would tell him to kill people. So that's in reference to what you're saying. And he did tell children at school, young people at at school, that he did want to take someone out and kill them and stab them to death. So again, these could all be examples of, of what was going on in his life, and of course, I always have to ask this question, these to me are some really serious red flags, nothing to joke about and nothing to look the other way. So um, I'm sure that will be coming out later as far as who knew what and who didn't do anything about it. Right, I mean, this is like
1: the school shootings, you know, you, you have these troubled, uh, these troubled kids that are going down the wrong path and nobody seems to notice it until it's too late but you do have some some significant problems here and when you mentioned the the satanic drawings in the notebook you know the first thing i think of is richard ramirez and um you know the night stalker case i was a young deputy sheriff when all of that was going on and and i'm very familiar with the case and uh the fact that that you can be crazy and and do things that that you know the general population would view as insane doesn't mean that you can't appreciate your crime—that you that you don't have the ability to appreciate the wrongness of of the crimes you're committing.
0: Oh, he has the creepiest eyes of I think any serial killer I've seen. He always, uh, yeah, always, yeah, always undid me. Always, yeah, very upsetting. Very, yeah. very upsetting. You know, I can handle a lot of crime, but when it comes to covering serial killers, that's when I kind of come a little undone. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Back to this case. So Tristan Bailey was 13 years old at the time of her murder. She was last seen around 1 a.m. on Sunday, May 9th. And May 9th was Mother's Day. So she went out Saturday night, to you know, hang out in the neighborhood. This is kind of like one of those uh, developments where you know there are places for you to walk and parks and all of that like that. So she went out that evening, but she never came home. So her parents reported her missing. Again, this is a residential area with community parks, and it's about 22 miles south of downtown Jacksonville. It's it's a really nice little area, right, where most people feel very safe. So her family reports her missing Sunday morning and then full on search, including not just police, but volunteers. And while the search is going on, right, because a young girl is missing. This is a close community. uh, This is something you were talking about, Danny. It's how he was acting. Aiden does something that to me was the most chilling of all. Um, Despite all that other stuff and shenanigans in the courtroom, he posted a selfie of himself on social media, right? Kind of like doing the patrol car thing, because obviously there were police in the area. And he flashes a peace sign and the caption reads, hey, guys, has anybody seen Tristan lately? Now that, to me, is the really scary, demented part, obviously, Mm -hmm. plus the alleged you know, that, that he allegedly killed her, but it's like, ooh, 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 yeah. So Tristan is then found at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Her body was discovered in a retention pond. Tristan Bailey had been stabbed 114 times. And for all of you who know that, you know, we originally covered this case because it was so disturbing, that is violent and intentional, and so many of her stab wounds were actually defensive wounds. So that tells you how long this went on for, and the rage in which the killer stabbed her. Danny, what do you make of this? Well, that's
1: that's exactly what I was going to say. Is is what you have here is the rage, and um, and we've seen it before, and I've seen it personally in in several murders. And there's no doubt about it. You know, it's 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 an absolute um, unhinged again. You know, we go back to someone being unhinged, unleashing all of this rage, and the question is why. Um, and clearly, she she was fighting for her life, and uh, and and her killer was very persistent, and he was going to kill her. And i I know that he has not been convicted of this yet but but it's pretty clear and you know i don't think anyone's really out there looking for any other possible killers there's enough evidence to say that that he's uh more than likely the the person who did it so um the question would be why 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 did he do it i know she was a cheerleader i don't know what his social status was at school Um, maybe maybe she was someone that he wanted to be able to date and never had a chance with i don't know but, but but clearly, that's, that's a, a very, very um, brutal and, and,
0: you know, rage-filled murder. And they're so young. So Tristan was 13, Aiden 14. This is crazy. They're so young. So young. So Aiden was... Right? Just kids. Aiden was arrested Sunday night, and he was charged with second-degree murder. And... Then on May 27th, the Florida state attorney announced that Aiden would be tried as an adult and they had bumped up the charge to first degree murder after a grand jury returned an indictment. Yeah,
1: I would think that the uh, the prior statements to classmates about wanting to take someone out to the woods to kill him. That's, that's more than enough right there to, uh, to go first-degree murder. And, and I'm glad they're charging him as an adult. You know, 14 seems young, and it is. But um, I've, I've handled many cases where 14-year-olds have committed heinous murders. And, and, you know, there's something wrong with our society when we have 14-year-olds doing these things. But uh, they still have to be held, held accountable.
0: This wasn't an accident. This wasn't like two, you know, young kids or teenagers roughhousing it and, and someone, you know, got bonked in the head. That's not what this is. This is a violent, savage murder. is nothing short of that. Right. So a knife was found in a pond near where Bailey's body was found. The tip of the knife that they found was broken off. This, to me, actually, I think, is unbelievably strong evidence as well. The medical examiner found the tip in Tristan's body. So I'm sure that they're working on all the forensics and the DNA to match all of that. But that, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, well, I was just
1: going to say, um, yeah, that. So that will conclusively put the the knife that was found. Uh, as the murder weapon and of course uh, her DNA will also um, substantiate that, but it's also very likely that his DNA is going to be found uh, on that weapon as well. It's very very seldom is there a knife attack where you know the the attacker doesn't end up getting cut as well.
0: Well, that brings us back to what you were talking about. You were talking about how the mother is now Aiden's mother has been charged with covering up. Because he apparently, she was in the process of washing some bloody jeans. And the question, of course, would be whose blood would that be? It would most likely be Tristan's blood. And some of it could also be Aiden's blood, right? We don't know what wounds, if any, he had. Um, we're still waiting on that kind of information. So the some of the DNA testing has come in and... Police say that her DNA was found on his shoes and on a T-shirt that was found in his bedroom when police went to talk to him and to search the property. But what um, is in debate here is what evidence was there in, on the jeans? Like, how helpful could the, those pair of jeans have been? On June 5th, Aiden's mother, Crystal Lane Smith, She turned herself into authorities and she was booked and charged with destroying evidence. It's a third degree felony. She was released on a $25,000 bond. The St. Augustine Record newspaper reports that home video surveillance from Aiden's mother's own home, right, (laughs) when you kind of help help your own case here, recorded her taking a pair of jeans from her son's room after he was taken into custody by the sheriff's deputies on Sunday night, the same jeans that Aiden was reportedly wearing during that attack. So in the arrest warrant, they write Smith retrieved what appeared to be a pair of blue jeans, taking the jeans to the adjacent bathroom and appeared to be scrubbing the jeans in the bathroom sink. The video then showed Smith taking the jeans to her master bedroom for a period of time. So that would be surveillance cameras inside the house,
1: yeah, and I was gonna say Anna that um brilliant police work there that's that's one of those things that could be overlooked uh you know with with a case like this, you, you wouldn't necessarily uh, immediately think that you know the video surveillance in the home after the murder uh would would be beneficial, but clearly it can be and and in this case, it has been so. Yeah, good Good for them, great investigation.
0: And then police records also state that the bathroom sink tested positive for the presence of blood. We don't have more detail on whose blood it was or anything like that, but I'm sure that's still coming. So I, I think you've got his writings, his um, sick desires to kill someone that he verbalized to friends. Then you have her DNA on his sneakers. You have the bloody jeans. You have her DNA on his t-shirt. You have the home surveillance video. You have him acting weird. You have the mother charged for covering up for the son. It's quite a yeah, case a, that it, they're building.
1: It, it is, it's a, it's a really um, solid case. And, and my sense of the matter is if if they don't buy, you know, the, uh, the insanity um, plea that he's clearly gonna make, uh, they'll be wanting to, to negotiate some type of a plea agreement. And, and in a case like this, I, I really hope the state does not allow that. They need to prosecute this, this person and uh, prosecute him to the, to the fullest extent.
0: And like we said, these are cases when when we say to you on this program that we're going to keep an eye on these cases, we do. And when there are huge developments like we just saw in these two cases, we will bring them to you because they're cases that everyone wants to know more about and everyone truly wants justice here. It is time for our comment section. These are the crime stories that you all are talking about on our social media. And so we have our producer and the man in charge of all things social media and web, Owen Michael. Hi, Owen. Hi, Anna. Hi, Danny. Good to hear
2: and see from hey, the, both of you today. Uh, how about a lighter side story? This one's in Florida also. We've got uh, recent development just this weekend. Deputies in Pinellas County, Florida, were in the middle of a swat standoff when a naked woman drove a golf cart onto the scene near clearwater an 18 year old male suspect uh, was on a roof he was surrounded by uh, swat officers and deputies when jessica smith allegedly drove a golf cart past officers and ignored calls for her to leave smith reportedly had a quote distinct odor of an alcoholic beverage coming from her person additionally she was completely nude according to the arrest report she was booked on charges of resisting an officer without violence. Gregorio W said she was clearly the distraction so the suspect could get away. Huh. Ray- Raylan M said, Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> <laughs> and Paulo P said, The cops are now trying to get to the bottom of this. I need, I need a rim shot for this, uh, for, for, this uh, for some of these jokes.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a little different. The question is: do you do we really believe that she was trying to divert attention to help the guy on the roof, or she had her own situation going on?
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. That's that's what I wondered. I mean, uh, that that caught me off guard. I thought,
2: oh, interesting. But you know. Uh, I'm speculating, but having been to Florida and having covered uh, a few Florida stories, I'm going to say that, you know, you're likely to see a random naked woman driving a golf cart or man, for that matter, uh, around uh, the vicinity of various places. So, um, again, it's just speculation. But, uh, yeah, it seems like another day in the life. Yeah. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Owen. (laughs)
2: Always happy to bring the, the latest Florida story to everybody.
0: We appreciate it. Always need a little bit of a laugh. Thanks, Owen. See you next week. Bye,
2: guys. See you next week. Bye, Owen.
0: Danny, we talked at the top of the program about your new book. This is a memoir. I find something really fascinating here that you shared with me um, when we were talking last, that you started writing as almost a directive from your therapist (laughs) to deal with your PTSD from all that you had experienced on the streets of Los Angeles as, mm-hmm. as an officer.
1: That's, that's a true story. Uh, you know, most, most people who have any success in writing when they're interviewed, they say, you know, I always knew I wanted to write. I, I started writing as a kid. I never had a clue. I honestly didn't. But, um, but yeah, at the end of my career, I, I was diagnosed with chronic PTSD and, um, and I provided uh, a very detailed um set of of answers to to this uh psychiatrist and and he suggested he said you ought to write for a living you write really well and and i didn't think about it then but he he said it would be therapeutic and and i found that it was i actually um, enjoyed writing fiction for a number of years and it was very therapeutic and here 17 years later i have finally written my memoir, and and I couldn't have done it any sooner. And even now, 17 years later, it's been very difficult to write, but, um, but it's out there now. So. Okay. Where can people get your book? Uh, you can find it on Amazon It's probably the easiest. It's also on Barnes and Noble. Um, you can, can get it directly from me through the, through my website, murdermemo.com, memo.com. And um, you can, I, I have a profile and, everywhere in social media so pretty easy to find me and find my books
0: yeah and on social media what's your handle
1: um, gosh I have so many different things but uh, uh, Danny R Smith or Dickie Floyd novels that's that's the name of the uh, first series that I wrote um, and that's kind of been a, a tag that's hung around me for for all of this time so
0: okay well we wish you much success with this book uh, you're quite a pro prolific writer and that's a wonderful thing thank you anna you can find me on social media at anna g news anna with one n and of course you can listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcast but very specifically on spotify apple stitcher google and of course you can watch us on youtube subscribe to our channel on youtube so you can get updates because we're adding a bunch of new podcasts, which is really exciting. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter at truecrimedaily.com. So until next week, I'm Anna Garcia. This is True Crime Daily, the podcast. And as we always say, don't do crime.